Lisa is a self-love relationship coach, intuitive guide, and healer. Her cosmic journey to self-love began in 2010 when she set the intention to not let her relationship wounds define her future. Through her deep inner work, she learned how to break free from her relationship patterns rooted in anxious and avoidant behaviors to manifest an ideal relationship. As a result of this transformative work, Lisa is on a mission to guide others to heal their core wounds, break their relationship patterns, and manifest ideal relationships. This episode was truly so beautiful. It opened my heart, and I know that it's going to touch yours. So please join me in welcoming Lisa Nay to the show. Hi, everyone. Today, I am so stoked to be talking to Lisa. She is a self-love coach. This conversation is just going to be amazing. I could already tell. Lisa, can you introduce yourself to our audience? Sure. Hi, everyone. My name is Lisa, and I am a self-love coach. Very cool. So Lisa, we talked a little bit about this before we started recording. So I'm sorry to have to ask you to do it again. <laughs> you have a really beautiful and inspiring story. And I'd love for you to share how you got into being a self-love coach in your journey. Of course. Um, so it started in 2010. I was in my mid-20s. I was living in New York and I had just left an abusive relationship at the time. Luckily it was short term, but during that time, it had me really reflect on how did I even get into this place and this space? And so it kind of was just a wake up call. Um, and during that time, I ended up getting sober also. And just it had me reflect on like, okay, you know, practicing the tools of self-awareness, working with different meditation teachers, spiritual teachers, understanding meditation, and how do I love myself so I don't ever put myself in that situation again? Uh, and so ultimately that was sort of just the gateway into everything. Right. Um, and so practicing with different tests of attracting emotionally unavailable people, what did that look like practicing boundaries with, you know, work or even family. And then what really kind of propelled my spiritual growth was a couple years ago where after doing this work, uh, while I was living in New York, having to apply it to my family, right? The the lifeblood. Uh, and so it's funny because people say when you go back to your family, you're going to the button factory, like literally mm -hmm. the factory that created those buttons. Um, and so, you know, I, I got into an MBA program. I moved back into San Francisco, where I'm originally from. And having to apply everything that I had learned, it was like, okay, that, that really propelled me to this new way of working spiritually with doing inner child work and reparenting. And it's just been so transformational that I decided to share it with other people and practice it within this coaching realm that I'm doing right now. That's so awesome. I love your story of sobriety and coming out of the abusive relationship. I think that's where a lot of it earthquakes you to kind of force mm. you to look at yourself. And from my experience, it's one thing to have the insight and the awareness is a beautiful first step. But as you mentioned, the hard, hard, hard work is actually applying it to those triggering and activating situations, especially the relationships in our lives. Oh, totally. It was like, did I not love myself enough to walk away? Because I do remember a point in the relationship where he was just talking to me so mean. And I had that thought of, oh my God, is this abuse? Mm -hmm. Right? Like that pause. But then I still kept going through it because for me, it was like, 
okay, no, he loves me, or I think this is love. And I didn't have any models of what that actually looked like. And so just like, I just did it or I stayed in it because I thought that's what it was. Um, And I didn't have the courage or the strength to walk away. And so it was, it was just, how do I get myself to that place where it won't happen again? And I can prevent it from happening to other people because I believe that if you truly, truly love yourself, if you stand in your own self-worth, then you won't accept anything less than that, what you deserve. And it has to come from you. And so that's why I'm just like so passionate about this work. That's just so motivating, especially to anyone. A lot of my audience are abuse survivors or victims of abuse Mm. currently. Um, So it's something I say is that if you have to ask if it's abusive, not yes. even as likely as it is. And I think a lot of times as trauma survivors, we discount mm-hmm. ourselves. It's so easy to invalidate ourselves because that's been the repeating pattern in our lives is being mm-hmm. gaslit, is being manipulated. So by the time you're in love with them, and they turn abusive. It's like, you're already so deep in that it, it is one of the bravest things you can do to get out of an abusive relationship. It truly is. Yeah. And I love that you talked about it, right? Where it's like, you've had experiences where you feel like your feelings or needs were diminished. And so that's what just you're used to. And so it creates this level of like, not trusting yourself. And it just breaks down your intuition, right? Like as children, we're so intuitive, like literally before we're pre-verbal. So we're very, very intuitive and like primal. But then if you have people that kind of are, you know, not validating your feelings, even though you know it to be true, you start to question yourself. And so I love how you said, if you're even asking yourself that question, 99.9% you probably are. Or like, I have a lot of people that ask me like, should I stay in this relationship? It's like, Um, if you're asking me that, then it's like, you gotta go. But it's hard when someone, there's emotion attached to the relationship, right? And and, you know, you have blinders on rightfully so, but there's only so much you can do. And that's when the power comes of like, do you love yourself enough to walk away and take care of yourself and make the right choices? And do you believe that you can be happy or that you deserve happiness? Right. Uh-huh. So, yeah. So powerful. If you have to type in Google, is my partner a narcissist? Should I say <laughs> it's most likely your, your intuition is trying to speak with you, but yeah. I think so much, and I would love to speak on this. What you brought up is, um, I think after my abusive relationship, which was two years, I, I almost lost my life in that relationship. Mm. It was by far the hardest thing I ever went through. I completely detached from my intuition. I learned to mm-hmm. disconnect from it. And I developed this core wound of believing I can't trust my own judgment. So mm. I've, it's it's something I've been working on, definitely a shadow that I try to work through daily of relearning to connect to your inner voice. Because I wanted to say it's always there. It's always been there. It'll always be there. But the more we ignore it, it gets a little bit softer. It gets a little bit quieter. So it's, it's relearning to amplify that up and be like, fuck yeah, I can trust myself. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And it's true. And it's hard, right? Because sometimes it's it's like underneath that of just dimming your light and your voice is the fact that you become a shell of yourself. And so you start to ship there. What is it? Shape shift. 
-hmm. into who other people want you to be in order to feel loved, protected, validated, accepted. And so that's a lot of the work I think that, you know, as human beings, we have to do is just continually like unlearn those things that were safety mechanisms Mm -hmm. for us to really embody like your true self to understand and connect to who you are so that, you know, your relationships are more authentic, how you show up in the world's authentic and that it is a safe place for you to be who you are. Um, But it's such a, it's such a process. That's like the whole process of life, right? (laughs) Yes. It never ends, (laughs) but it never should end. It's always a journey. And I think the stages of our lives, like the way that maybe you are from 29 looks so different from the way you are at 39. So it's a, it's a constant process of just returning back home to yourself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Honestly, it is. It is. Yeah. And I wanted to also ask for the person that keeps attracting the unhealthy person, the dysfunctional relationship, maybe you can speak to this from your own experience. Mm -hmm. What were those beliefs you had about yourselves that allowed those people to stay in your life? And what is the opposite new belief that someone would have to embody in order to stop manifesting those toxic relationships? Yeah, I would say from my own experience, when I just kept attracting emotionally unavailable people, it was more, and this was like through deep, deep work of like subconscious stuff. Maybe someone doesn't want to hear this. I know (laughs) I didn't want to hear it, but I just, I didn't even want a relationship. I didn't want to be vulnerable. Right. Mm -hmm. And so you, who you attract is what you are. Water seeks its own level. And I just was not ready to get intimate. I knew after that abusive relationship, it really scarred me for many, many years. Like, and I mean, that was 2010 and that was like 12 years ago. Um, but it's only now in the relationship that I am that, that it's completely healthy. Um, and so it is possible to change, but I just didn't want to be in that situation. And so I was in relationships where I didn't have to commit too much of myself. Mm-hmm. And I wonder why but it was because I didn't trust myself like you and I were talking about to think that I could attract someone that was safe for me. Mm -hmm. And so not putting myself out there on a subconscious level, it was like, this is what I know, like the half hearted commitment, casualness, not giving too much of myself, like the three month dating or, you know, like serial first daters. Um, And then you know, getting to the other side of that, once I realized, oh shit, like I'm actually not available. Do I even like, what does intimacy look like? And so I had to get intimate with myself first and date myself because the truth was, I was like, I couldn't even spend time alone because I didn't know if I liked who I was. Like there was still shame of like decisions I had made. Um, and so the truth is I didn't love myself to think that someone else could love me. Mm-hmm. And so I had to have this deep practice of learning to kind of just be my own lover, literally like take myself out on dates, get to know myself as if I was dating myself. And so that's when it changed when all of a sudden I realized like, oh shit, I'm like, I'm, I'm amazing. (laughs) Yes. So once that changed, like the behavior that other people had, I was like, I'm not putting up with this. And so you can't give me what I need. Bye. 
I like, and so that strength just started happening. And then all of a sudden I just started attracting just people that were amazing that I've always wanted to attract that were on my ideal list. And even if they didn't have everything, I didn't settle. Right. And that's the thing. And so it was coming from being ready and receptive to know that I was lovable enough to have a relationship and that I didn't have that fear of abandonment because I didn't abandon myself and I could never abandon myself. So beautiful. That's a mantra I have that now as an adult, like I will never abandon you ever again. Mm. I say it's, I have a picture of myself as a baby, as my phone wallpaper. People are like, why do you have yourself? You're so narcissistic. I'm like, (laughs) I'm healing. <laughs> oh my god I love that because for the longest time I used to have this my favorite picture of myself in a like a bikini when I was a baby <laughs> and it's like it's like you right it's like the little you and yeah. it's just oh you're giving yourself all the love you need that you never ever received so exactly exactly and it's like we wouldn't talk to baby us or child us the things the mean things that we say to ourselves we would never talk to ourselves that way but when you talk down to yourself and criticize yourself that's who you're talking to yeah yeah oh I love that you do that yeah and I feel like it's important to note also at least what I picked up from your journey it's that you don't never attract shitty people ever again right but if <laughs> you don't put up with the behavior you don't entertain it you don't settle and perhaps you're more quick to leave or even just noticing the red flag sooner like that is such progress and truly is. oh my gosh and I'm glad that you're talking about that right because that's a sort of a misconception that I had once I began the spiritual journey of like oh I'm never gonna be triggered again or like I'm yeah. never gonna attract a shitty person again <laughs> But it's like, that's the thing, like the comeback rate of being centered is faster. Uh, Noticing, like you said, the signs is quicker, Um, not putting up with someone's bullshit and just being able to set boundaries without feeling guilty, right? Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. It's this inner narrative that we have that what you mentioned before, it's sort of like this self-protective mechanism that mm-hmm. we we don't allow someone in that could truly see us because we are so afraid of being seen and we don't feel that we're worthy or deserving of someone to actually love us. So the fact that you're in a happy, healthy whole relationship now, that's just so expansive for me personally. But um, what were the steps that you took to um, not only manifest your ideal partner, and Mm -hmm. what made your list, but to keep them too. Cause I'm sure that was really scary. Sometimes when people try to love us, we're like porcupine, (laughs) get away. Well, it's so (laughs) interesting because I was working with a coach and, you know, like we all do in order to get clarity, you have to define what it is that you want. You have to do vision work. And so literally I would think about what does my ideal partner look like? And I would constantly refine it based on experiences that I had, right? And this was a long, like I was doing this list, even when I was with my other ex since like 2013, like constantly (laughs) changing it constantly. And some people throughout the years, they would say, oh, maybe you should take this out or that out because how are you going to find that person? That's like, I don't know if you ever get that feedback of people saying, oh, it was you're never going to find much. it. Yeah. Right. You're too high maintenance or whatever. Um, 
And so ultimately what ended up happening was just sticking to it uh, and looking at it. And then I think for me, once I stopped focusing on trying to find the person and really just focusing on how to love myself more, that's when things changed. Um, and it was, it was like, obviously like it always happens. You're not even looking for that person. And so I met my current partner in March, February, 2020. And so literally right before COVID and, you know, we had dated just for a month and I just remember thinking, oh my God, he's everything that I've ever wanted for so long. Absolutely. Like I'm so in love with him, even though we're only dating for such a short time, but then he had to leave. Uh, because of COVID. And so he went back to Denmark. And so we didn't speak really for like 16 months. Um, and so during that time, I had to really reconcile with like, why did the universe put this person in my life if I couldn't? So I had like yeah. so many dark moments of like, what was the point of that? You know, yeah. really, really dark times. And then even dating other people, but then not having it be authentic because I was still pining away for my current partner. And so it was just like, okay, I need to learn to love myself the way that I, you know, want to be in a relationship that I want my lover to love me. And so I just had to really focus on putting the focus on me. And eventually what ended up happening was I I wrote a book during that time. So like I wrote the first draft of my book. Um, I got into like different hobbies. It's when I did my coaching certificate, all of these things. And then, you know, 16 months later, the you know, my, my boyfriend, he like shows up. It's like, okay, like I'm coming back to the States. And like, that's, that's like was a short version of how it happened. But like that time in between of like, deep meditation, asking myself, can I give myself the things that I thought that this person would give me? Can I love myself the way that I wanted them to love me? And am I okay being Mm -hmm. on my own? And so it was this magical story of being okay with like, okay, if this never happens for me, if I don't have children with another person, um, if that life isn't meant for me, I'm okay with that. And I even froze my eggs Um, and so it was like, I'm okay with being a single mom by choice. And so it's like those declarations that I made to the universe put me in that state of telling them like, I'm, I'm ready. And so it wasn't the outcome of like having my partner come back to me. It was never about that. It was about like unconditional, infinite love for myself. And then that's when it happened. Mm, I have chills. I was tearing up when you were saying that. (laughs) That is so freaking amazing because I I thought of this the other day and I don't know if I made this quote up. I'm sure someone said it, but I was like, instead of searching for the man of my dreams, how about I become the woman of my dreams? Yes. And I was just, my my therapist, he's a spiritual advisor now, but he said to me uh, a couple of weeks ago, he's like, Warren, the things that you're looking for from someone else, can you even give them to yourself? The unconditional oh. acceptance, the unconditional love, the thinking you're beautiful, supporting you, hearing you. He's like, how about you start wow. to give that to you? Cause I was like, yeah, I've been rejecting myself for 28 years. Like, and then we expect someone else to take us in and like, mm-hmm. we try to make a home in them. How about we find that place within ourselves first? Oh my God. Help. And I'm so glad that you mentioned it because the reason why I fell in love with my partner so quickly within that month is because I felt that he loved me the way that my father never loved me. 
And that's why it was so pivotal for me, but also dangerous, right? To expect your partner to fill that gap for you. And so I had to really look at, okay, what kind of feelings did he give me? What did he do that made me feel like that? And like you said, how can you do that to yourself? And that's like for yourself. And that's what I do with a lot of clients is just ask them when they make their ideal list of like, okay, now that you wrote your ideal list, are would you want to date yourself? Mm-hmm. And are you that person that yep. you want someone to be? So, yeah. yeah. I'm curious, what is your sun, moon and rising sign? Oh my gosh. Okay. So I'm a total Vedic astrologer person. Okay, so that's cool. like, okay. Awesome. Um, so I'm a double Gemini with a Capricorn moon. Damn, girl. Damn. <laughs> I, yeah, I know. I work really hard, but I can be like chatty catty. <laughs> like, and like so many different, like, you don't know what you're going to get with me, but I'm like very much into researching. And then also with human design, I'm a generator. Yes. Oh, me too. Oh, awesome. That's um, so cool. Okay. And then my profile <laughs> is five one. So I'm awesome. such a researcher and yeah. I can just go down all these rabbit holes. <laughs> oh, so nice. Did you ever read the book Becoming the One? I had it, but I did not. I even did a program with someone who did worksheets like based on that book. So oh, you would love it. I'm yeah. telling you. Um, just from our conversation alone, it, it's very similar to, you know, the, the childhood inner self healing. Um, it is by far the best book I have maybe ever read. I'm oh. reading it third time now in a row. Um, highly, highly, highly suggest it. It's just incredible. And I think from our conversation alone that you would really align and resonate with the book. And it's so interesting. She talks a lot about things that are incorporated into TBM. And this was years, years, years before TBM was even a thing. So I just think that, oh, you would, you would freaking love it. Your clients would love it too. Yeah. I'm going to have to revisit. Yes, for (laughs) sure. Okay, cool. So I'm getting off track here. So um, (laughs) I'm curious, do you study attachment styles? Do you know what your attachment style is? Yeah. So, so, yeah. Yeah. So I, when I was living in New York, I ended up working with a meditation teacher. And so it was the first time I had ever heard about attachment styles. I think it was in 2015 Okay. and he, he was working, he told me to read the book attached and then through <laughs> it, I found that I was insecure, anxious okay. um, because I was dating someone at the time and I can just always like, feel my anxiety come up whenever that person just wasn't around. Um, and that's just the situation that I was used to, right. Just based on family upbringing. And so I can, I was anxious. Sometimes I'm anxious, avoidant now, but I like to tell people that it always changes depending on the environment. And so it's not fixed, which is nice because it's not like, Oh my God, that's doom and gloom. Um, cause sometimes there can be a little bit of shame or embarrassment that you're not secure (laughs) (laughs) it is (laughs) it's true yeah Yeah. I asked because I would love for you to share like tips that you use to soothe your anxiety or to open your heart when you were feeling more avoidant what were those techniques or personal um, steps you took to comfort yourself yeah so when I feel really anxious Luckily, I have a partner where I'm like, I feel completely safe voice and expressing mm-hmm. my anxiety. I tell them like, hey, this is coming up for me. I'm feeling a little anxious about not hearing from you. 
can you check in with me or whatever, or I'm feeling like abandoned right now, even though I know it's not the truth. Um, and so I always start the story off of like, okay, the story I'm telling myself is this and I share it because whereas before when I was with partners, I wouldn't share it because I would think, oh, I don't want to look annoying or needy yep. and any of that stuff. Um, so that's one way to do it is like I, I voice what I'm feeling and I don't try and hide it or suppress it or repress it. And then another thing that I do, if there's no evidence, if it's just in my head and I'm just feeling triggered because someone didn't respond to me in a certain amount of like hours or whatever, um, I read old letters or texts from that person that like shows oh, like wow. how they, you, they care about you. Um, so that's something that I do. And then I also do inner child, like check-in reparenting work of, I talk to myself. So like a conversation can be, Hey, little Lisa, like, I know you're feeling really anxious right now, but you know, this person really loves you. They care about you. What can I do for you? What are you feeling? What do you want to do? And so usually I know like what my favorite TV show when I was little, I loved watching Sabrina, the teenage witch. So so I put that on or I go get a burger because I love eating burgers. Um, and so I do the things that makes my inner child happy because a lot of the times when I feel like I'm feeling triggered, it's because my inner child has an unmet need. And so I have to just sit with her, um, and just have that connection. And so that's, that's what I do when I'm feeling anxious, but when I'm feeling avoidant, I voice it. And so I have a tendency to shut down when I feel neglected and where I'm just like, fine, you're not talking to me. I'm not talking to you either. And I don't want to be with you. (laughs) I don't need anybody. And um, that's when I tell my partner, like, hey, I'm shutting down right now. Or I feel myself being cold. And we kind of have this inside joke of, okay, you want to be in your turtle shell. (laughs) So. Yeah. So I just, I try to voice it. Um, I'm better now through meditation work of noticing when I shut down. And so I try really hard to have an open heart because I know those feelings are, are just temporal. And so trying to do more heart centered activities that make me feel joy allows me to access my heart easier. So wonderful. I am so, so, so happy that you express your authentic truth, and then that you have that safe person who openly receives it because how traumatizing is it when we try to tell someone how we feel and they just project onto us, they get defensive, they tell us that our feelings aren't true. And then Mm -hmm. that could cause us to just completely shut down and suppress our feelings so that we don't open to people anymore because we think, oh, if I do this, then there's going to be consequences or I'm going to be ignored or X, Y, and Z. So that's a beautiful, beautiful thing that you recognize what you are needing. And then when you feel ready to, that you're in the place to share that. Yeah. And sometimes it is hard, right? Because other people don't validate. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes when I'm working with clients, I always remind them that sometimes it's not necessarily about them validating you, but more about exercising you speaking your truth, regardless of what they say. Mm -hmm. Because people aren't always going to be in a place, especially if they're not mindful or conscious themselves, they're not doing this work. A lot of times they take it as a personal attack. So it's when we're so connected to our ego like that, 
um, we can make it personal and think, oh, well, what I'm feeling isn't real or it's not important. It's not about, it's not about them, you know, it's about us and us seeing our emotions and thinking that they are worthy enough to speak and voice. So Mm -hmm. yeah, especially relationships, there's so much ego and defensiveness and just everything, right? Everything. (laughs) So they're the greatest teachers. (laughs) It's so true. (laughs) Cool. So I'm wondering, getting towards the end here. So now, what does self-love look and feel like to you present day? Oh, so self-love. Um, it's so interesting. I like to integrate self-love and self-care, right? So we think about the love languages and, you know, self-care is actually a manifestation of self-love. And so how are you taking care of yourself, whether or not, you know, you're surrounding yourself in fulfilling relationships where people respect your boundaries. And if they don't, can you voice them? Um, And thinking about, you know, even the time you go to bed, what healthy foods you're eating. And so I like to work with people and I say, okay, what does self-love look like to you? Imagine yourself having a new baby. How would you take care of it? right? If you went somewhere, you would bring the baby's blankie, like all those different things. And so really just nurturing yourself and knowing yourself um, and just being kind and gentle. I think that's the way that I look at self-love today and how I try to treat myself. Yeah. And it's so unique and individual to everyone, you know, Mm -hmm. and I think it's about honoring that, even allowing it to change over time. I know, um, funny story, actually, So I got out of an, it was an abusive relationship in July. I ended it and I had so powerful. I was just so happy. I I had so much fear. I had to work through to end it, but you know, it's, it's been like three months, three, four months. And I was like, wow, maybe I should start dating. So I downloaded like hinge and after a week or two, I was just like being asked out. Uh, by these, they seemed like very nice people, but I was just like, no, this isn't it. <laughs> so I deleted the app and, and I deleted my socials. And I'm just like, I really need to like, just be with myself. I'm just craving to be alone and just spend time mm-hmm. and refine myself after that relationship. So, you know, I, I thought the self-love thing was to put myself out there. And then it became the self-love thing to realize that I wasn't ready and that that's oh. okay. And to give that time to dedicate to myself. So I thought that was a funny story that the listeners might be able to uh, resonate with. Oh my God. I think so many people will, right? Like they go on the app and they're like, mm, maybe not, maybe not for me. <laughs> yeah. It was a full body. No, <laughs> just like, don't force it, Lauren. Don't force it. <laughs> but it's so great that you were able to acknowledge the intuition that you had and just like viscerally know within your body. Okay. This does not make me feel expansive. Absolutely. Cause it could be so easy to ignore ourselves or to just yeah. be like, well, this is what my brain is. This is the analytical thing to do, but I'm really feeling this. So I think so often we talk ourselves out of what our true desire is and we try to rationalize it, but it's that, Mm -hmm. it's that deep inner knowing it's that gut feeling that we have to pay attention to. A hundred percent. Very cool. So I'm wondering where can people find you? What are you working on? Um, you said you have a book. Oh, no. (laughs) 
that's still on the drafts. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Hopefully I'll release in a couple of years. Um, but people can find me on my website. So it's just lisamaycoaching.com. And then also I'm on Instagram at lisamay.coaching. And, you know, people can sign up to be on my newsletter. I'm launching a podcast in a couple months where they can find more of me, where I'll just share different tips on people on their self-love journey and how to call in relationships and a life that you deserve. Mm, that's so wonderful. We could all use a little bit more self-love. I think the world would be a much kinder place if we all just loved ourselves a little bit more. (laughs) (laughs) I can't wait to read your book and I can't wait to hear your podcast. It's so exciting. Awesome. Of course. I'm so, so, so grateful that we got to connect and and just chat. I love this conversation so much. I feel like we could keep talking for like 20 more hours. (laughs) I know. I know. Right. Well, we'll do round two on my podcast. So I would love that, Lisa. Thank you so much. I really value your time and appreciate you coming on the show today. Of course. Of course. And I'll talk to you soon.